0: we're learning all about the Christian life and how to show proof and how to authenticate our faith in Jesus and so last week I walked us through a, a sermon titled proof and Declaration where we got to see that our declaration of Christ as our Savior and our realization that he is the life and that he's revealed himself to us was a proven declaration and so this Sunday I want to walk us through a message titled Proven Confession A Proven Confession I'll be in 1 John chapter 1 we're going to spend the next few weeks there and so 1 John chapter 1 verses 5 through 10 and so I'm going to read that, those verses for your hearing they'll be up there on the screen if you need it and so It says this is the message we've heard from him and we declare to you that God is light. Somebody say God is light. And in him there is absolutely no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness we are lying And not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9. If we confess, somebody say confess. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Father, we pray right now, God, that as your word has been read, in our hearing, God, that we would recognize that these words are words of life and that these words contain the key to eternal life. And so, Father, I pray that we would see you as we hear these words. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would go before me. God, I pray that you would stand in my body, God, that you would think through my mind and speak through my mouth, God. I'm just a vessel here. God, allow me to disappear up here and God, you stand here before your people and speak to them as you have proclaimed us. So father, we pray for your blessings over this time. Be with us, God. It's in Jesus name that I pray. Amen. 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 Y'all all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all look good this morning. Everybody okay? Look like you're smelling good and all that stuff like that. Look like you took showers and all that good stuff. I'm, I'm happy for you guys. So, uh, Listen, when we were, anybody remember Hurricane Sandy? Yeah, you remember that? Only one of y'all. Okay. <laughs> I remember Hurricane Sandy, but I don't remember Hurricane Sandy because it was such a big storm. Uh, in fact, it wasn't even hurricane. It's called Super Storm Sandy. But the reason that I remember uh, Hurricane Sandy is not because of the power of the storm, But because of something that my son did during the storm, and so my son—I guess this was ten years ago. At the time, uh, we were living in an apartment, and um, we told my son, "said Hey, son, um, you might want to jump in the shower because the storm is predicted to turn off all the electricity and the power. And so we live in this apartment, and so uh, you want to make sure you get a shower before that stuff happens, and and the lights go off, and the water doesn't work, and you don't want to take shower in brown water and all that kind of stuff. And so." uh you know we kept telling him and, you know he's eight or nine however old he was at the time um and you know he was just playing he, he wasn't concerned about what we were saying He just scampering around the apartment doing what he wanted to do and so he finally got into the shower and so guess what happened while he was in the shower hurricane sandy came and when the storm came the lights went out <laughs> And so when the lights went out, all we heard in the bathroom was he's scampering around in there because, you know, the lights went off and he's young. And so he was scared and he didn't know what to do. And so it's funny. The story is funny to me. And we laugh at it all the time, uh, because if he had just listened to our confession about what was going to occur, he would have been able to take a shower in the light and be able to see clearly while he was in there. And so what I want to submit to us today is that our confession shows proof of the light of God that is within us. See, our confession shows proof of the light of God that is on the inside of us. And so I'm, I'm preaching today for, uh, with a message called Proven Confession. And if we're going to have a proven confession, here's what we need. The first thing that we need is we need a confirming proof. Somebody say confirming See, your confession is based on the confirmation of who God is. Your confession is based on the confirmation of who God is. Here, what John says in this passage, he says, This is the message that we have heard and we declare to you. Watch this. He says, God is light. And so, John is confirming some things for us about who God is. He's letting us know, like Kanye sings on the song, God is. He's letting us know exactly who God is in this passage. And he's saying to us that God is light. If you look at the, if you look at the passage in the original language, there's, there's no definitive article there. So it's not saying that God is the light. It's not saying that. It's not even saying that God is a light as some people would like to suggest, that he's just a light, he's one of the sources, he's one of the pathways to get to heaven, and all that kind of stuff that people say, but this passage is letting us know that God in his very character is light. God in his essence, he is light. And so I want to help us this morning, I want to walk you through a few things uh, about what light is, so that we can get a proper understanding, is that okay? All right, so listen, here's five things that people need to know about light. You ready? Ready? Number one, light is a wave. Hey, listen, it's a wave. Ready? You ready? It's wavy. We gonna we gonna do that. That's what light is. And when the light of Jesus shines through us, it's wavy. You know what I'm saying? Like we when we when we look at the light of Jesus shining from us, it's truly a wave. So we got to see that. But the second thing you got to know is that light is an electromagnetic wave. Yo, like Pastor Derek, what is you talking about up here? Like this is church. This ain't science class. <laughs> But an electromagnetic wave is this. Listen, all of us have electricity in our bodies. You've got electrons and neutrons and all that kind of stuff moving around in your cells and all that stuff like that. And so it's electric. All in your body. Okay, and so but it's an electromagnetic wave. And so because God is light and light is an electromagnetic wave, guess what that means? That the electricity within your body is drawn to his magnetism because of who he is. He is a God who draws people to himself. We all have a God shaped vacuum on the inside of us where we pursue after God, even if we don't know that we're pursuing after God. And so we chase after God, even if we don't know what to call him or how to call him by name. And so that's 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 designed in us. It's 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 intrinsic on the inside of us. And here's the third thing you need to know about light. You ready? Y'all track it. Different wavelengths of light. Interact differently with matter. Now, like Pastor Derek, you is on one today because I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) But listen to this. Light interacts differently with different frequencies. And so there are all types of electromagnetic radiation. Some of those are radio waves, like you can hear the radio in your car regardless of where you are, right? But when it refers to light, guess what? Light interacts differently with different types of matter. So guess what? Light can shine through a window, but not a wall. To the window to the wall. Yeah, can't sing that one in church. Not that next verse. That's not, can't go there. Listen. (laughs) But here's the question I want to ask you. When it comes to the light of God on the inside of you, are you a window or are you a wall? See, does the light of God shine through you or does the light of God get blocked through you? and see when the light of god gets blocked through you it's because you're not living according to the standard that god has set up for your life See, you're not living according to how god has called you to live on your job and so when your coworkers get out of whack and they get out of pocket and they talk to you a little crazy when you block the light when you go back at them and you talk back to them crazy that's blocking the light But when you're a window, guess what? You allow the light of God to shine through you. And guess what? Even when they talk to you crazy and reckless, you can still show forth the glory and kindness and goodness and pleasantness of God towards them, regardless of how they treat you. Are you a window or are you a wall? Yeah, I'm a window. That's right. It's a window saints here in Wilmington. (laughs) Here's the fourth thing you need to know is that you see things when light enters your eye. You, you see things when the light enters into your eye. And so, okay, don't freak out. All right? You ready? Go hit the lights. Don't freak out, nobody. <laughs> see, it, it's harder to see right now. But the people who are next to you, they're still there. <laughs> like they didn't disappear because the lights went off. But what you have to understand is that you see things clearly when light enters into your eye. So let's set the lights back on. Now you. <laughs> I know somebody's going to go there. <laughs> you can see clearly now, right? And the reason that you can see is because you see things when light enters into your eye. And so what happens here, so I want to explain that to you. The reality is, is that sometimes in your life, you don't see the things that are right there next to you that God is doing in your life because he hasn't allowed the light to shine on it yet. So you don't see clearly. So you're sitting there wondering, God, what is it that you're going to do? And he says, behold, I've already made a way for you in the wilderness. He's saying, I've already provided for you a ram that's sitting in there in the thicket and it's going to pop out at the time that you need it. And it's going to pop out and not at the time of the time you need it, but at the time of your obedience before me. So God is saying, just walk in the thing that I'm calling you to walk in and I've got provision that's waiting on you, even though you can't see it yet. And so I want us to see this, that you you see things when light enters into your eye. And here's the next thing all objects produce light. All objects produce light. So if you take a thermal scan of something, right, at night, you can see what appears to be a a figure of them in light. Anybody ever seen that before? Like and so all things emanate light, and so the the heat that comes from it or, or the light that's radiated. Dr. Chen told me what it was after the first service. I don't remember what it was. It's something like black body radiation. That's what he said it was. But you, you can see you can see the things in the dark because they emanate light. All things project light. All objects have light. And so that that's where I want us to land today and understand is that everything that God has created has light within it. And so you, you listen, you, you can't smell light, right? You can't smell the light. You can't you can't even touch the light. I could try to touch the light that's shining up here on the stage all I want to. And I, I won't be able to touch it. And, and, but you, and you here's the reality. You don't even see light directly. You're like Pastor Derek, What are you talking about? I can see these lights. But you, you can't see light directly. The only way that you see light is when it reflects off of an object. And so the sun is always out, but you don't always see it because it's not in a position to reflect on the objects that are around it, that are around you at all times. And so here's what you got to see. When the electromagnetic radiation collides with an object, a portion of the light is reflected back into your eyes. Y'all Okay. Y'all track it with me. pass it there. This is science class. I don't know what you're doing up here. But when the when the reflected portion hits your retina, you can see the object. And so that chair that's in front of you, when those lights went off, you probably had a more difficult time seeing it. But when the light shined on it, guess what? You could see it more clearly. And so here's what I want us to see: is that you never see light traveling through space and the that. But the purpose of light is to reveal the properties of an object when it collides with it. So sometimes this phenomenon is reflected in of electromagnetic radiation, it hits our retinas and watch this, something more amazing happens. Sometimes the light reflects beauty. And so as I was sitting there and my daughter was up here and I was watching her worshiping God, as the light shined on her a certain way, there was a sparkle in her eye that did something inside of my heart. And so as I was watching her do that, as I was watching her up here, I realized that my daughter is beautiful and she's got gifts and talents that the Lord has given to her independent of the light shining on her. But because of the way that the lights were shining on her as she was up here, it did something and it revealed a beauty that I wouldn't be able to see if it was just being hidden on the side and I wasn't paying attention to it. So what light does is that light reflects the beauty of an object. Her talents and gifts and her worship for God is beautiful, independent of any light shining on it. But once the light shines on it, it reflects more beauty. And so listen, what happens is more than what science can explain happens when light shines. So I I know some because listen, when that stuff happens, Here's what science says. It it sends something into your sensory cortex and it sends a signal to another portion of your brain and you feel something. And so when you reflect on the beauty of God, guess what? You ought to feel something. When you reflect on the light that shines from God, not because he is a light or the light, but because he is light. So when you reflect on God, it should cause you to feel something in your spirit and you ought to see the beauty of God. And you ought to respond by saying, God, I love you. God, I thank you. And God, I see the beauty inside of you. So listen. Chances are. If you've been around church. As long as I have goodness me, I've been around church a long time. Wednesday night church, uh, Friday night church, Saturday choir practice, Sunday for prayer in the morning and then all day Sunday we had two and three services on Sunday. So, y'all got it easy. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Guest preacher preached for three hours. <laughs> a little meme, like if you could tell how long you gonna preach by his pants, right? How's pants and shit? <laughs> Anyway, let me go. But chances are, if you've been anywhere near church or around church, guess what you've experienced? You you understand and you know that Jesus tells us that as followers of him, we are the light of the world. Anybody heard that before? That you are the light of the world. Matthew 5, verse 14 uh, through 16, it says, you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. That's dumb. But rather, they put it on a light stand and it gives light for all who are in the house. <laughs> you covering your lampstands like that's dumb. But in, in verse 16, it says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and watch this and give glory to your father who was in heaven. My experience with hearing this passage being preached and I've heard it preached hundreds of times is that most preachers emphasize the intensity of the light. Like, (laughs) ask the worship team, these lights are intense. (laughs) Like, they are very bright. But we focus on the intensity of light, and so we say, you got to let your light shine before the world, and so you got to go on your job and let your light shine. Like, in your house, let your light shine. On your job, in the schoolyard, let your light shine. I'm doing my arm like this because that's how they do it. Like, let your light shine before God, like all this kind of stuff. And so w- w- what happens is, is that we're emphasizing the brightness of our light, but I don't think that's the right emphasis. See, if, if all we do is give others, uh, if all we do is shine brightly on a black and white image, it doesn't do anything. But the way that we have this space oriented, we have these bright lights shining up here because we want to reflect beauty, we want people to see the beauty of God and his creation through creativity and through through the arts and all that stuff like that. So, we set it up a certain way so that you can see it. So, if, if your bright light just shines on a black and white canvas, it doesn't do anything. In fact, if all you do is walk in there with a flashlight, shining it into people's eyes, that's called being abrasive. you pointing out people's sin to them. Being all extra abrasive. You just pointing out to them ways in which they're not meeting the mark of God. That's being abrasive, and God's not calling us to just be some bright shining lights all shining up in people's eyeballs. Uh, <laughs> I was in here last night praying, and <laughs> I didn't have the lights on too proper, and I'm walking around I have my eyes closed, and I'm walking back there, and that little picture back there with the eyeball scared the mess out of me. <laughs> I was like, oh Jesus. <laughs> But we just shine. And stuff. That's not what we're called to do. Just shine stuff in people's eyes. Hear what the message says about this because light is supposed to reflect beauty. And light finds what's good. Hear me. And it brings it out for others to enjoy. And so we're called as believers that when we walk onto our job, we're not just supposed to shine bright like a big old flashlight, but we're supposed to reveal the beauty that's on the inside of our coworkers. So even when they don't live in such a way or act in such a way that they reflect the beauty of God, we can walk in there and begin to speak some things over them and say, listen, I know you cussed me out yesterday, but I see the beauty that God has on the inside of you, and I want to help that thing come up out of you. I want to introduce you to a savior who's able to make that stuff fall away from you and so you can stop being so mean and nasty to people and you can show forth the beauty that's on the inside of you. Hear what the message Bible says in Matthew 5 14. It says you are to be light. This is so beautiful. It says bringing out the God colors in the world as believers in Jesus. We're called to reveal the colors of God that are in the world. See, God's fingerprints can be found everywhere. It's in the rose when you look at it. It's in a diamond when you look at it. It, It's in my daughter's smile when she's up here. Like, you can see the fingerprints of God everywhere. Because everyone is made in his image. And everything that was created was created by him. And so you can see his fingerprints and his DNA woven into everything. And our job as the people of God is to be people who reflect that beauty. And when we do, we prove it. Somebody say prove it. it. One more time, say "prove prove it. So when we seek to be the light of the world, here's what we do. We have to shine brightly, but we must also find beauty in what we shine on. See, we need to bring out the best in others. And see, the reason why you can't bring out the best in others is because you're constantly focused on the darkness that's in them. And you're not focused on the light that's on the inside of them. You're not focused on the good that's in them. See, when you when you have an argument and you and you fussing at your kids and all that kind of stuff like that, guess what? You're not seeing the beauty that's on the inside of them. You're not seeing how God has created them. You're just looking at how you want them to be, and they're not acting how you want them to act. When your spouse is not doing what you want them to do, guess what you do? You focus on the negative attributes of them instead of focusing on the positive attributes of them. And so our job is to bring out the beauty in others. Our job is to bring out the beauty in everything. And so we have to see the intrinsic beauty and value of everything. Y'all tracking with me? So here's how it works. Y'all was wondering, Pastor Derek, what is these weird glasses for? You ever walked into a 3D movie before? Anybody ever been to a 3D movie? Yeah, one or two of you, okay. Y'all probably ain't got no money. That's why y'all ain't been. (laughs) Because a 3D movie is expensive. IMAX costs money. Um, But, like, if you've ever been in there, and so y'all pray for me, because sometimes your pastor's a little bit of a contrarian, sometimes just for no reason at all. Uh, I'll I'll walk into the 3D movie, and they hand me the glasses, and they'll be like, I don't need them glasses. And I just walk into the movie, (laughs) and I sit down, and the movie starts, and then I'll be like this. (laughs) trying to see (laughs) and i don't know what's happening and so then i got to take that long walk back to the front and ask them like can i have glasses please (laughs) so they gave me a pair of glasses and they look at me weird like and so i come back in and i put the glasses back on and i'm gonna take these off put these on but i put the glasses on so that i can see because without the glasses on without the proper lenses guess what the image before me was distorted But once I put on these glasses and I'm able to see clearly what God is doing, when I put on the right lenses, guess what? I can see what's happening. Go ahead and put that video up. Y'all take a look at this. See, when you are on the roller coaster of life, at times you don't see things as clearly as you should because you're not wearing the right lenses. And so what you need to do is as you're on this roller coaster called life, you have to put on the proper lenses so that you can see what the see the God colors that exist in the world and that you can begin to call out those things and you can see things as they are. You can see things as they're supposed to be and you can begin to walk in the places that God wants you to walk in because you're viewing it with the right lenses. And That's what happens. Y'all crazy. <laughs> y'all are tripping up here. <laughs> Somebody take a picture of me with these glasses on cuz I look crazy. <laughs> but as y'all y'all can see more clearly right now. With the glasses on. But if you take the glasses off, it just looks distorted and weird. But when you put the glasses on, certain things start to pop out. The turns look more defined. The, the, the ride looks, has more definition to it. And you can see more clearly as you have on the right lenses. Oh, I done took them off. There we go. <laughs> Got me? All right, we good. We in here. We out here. It's a movie theater in here. All right, turn it off because they're going to keep watching it. They're not going to listen to the sermon. <laughs> they want to be at the amusement parks <laughs> but here's what happens oh Jesus <laughs> Talk about proper lenses here listen I couldn't see nothing it was like what <laughs> Jesus? Jesus is speaking to me here but listen here's the question I want to ask you do you bring out the God colors in the world Or are you just shining bright? See, we're called to bring out the God colors in the world. And sometimes that looks like, (laughs) and here's why I love these glasses. Ready? Sometimes, you know, we see from different perspectives, right? And in our culture today, everything is crafted through these kinds of lenses, right? You're either on the red side or you're on the blue side. But when we look through the lens of Jesus, guess what? When you put red and blue together, guess what you get? You get purple. And purple is regal and it is the color of God's reign and his rule. And so when we see her clearly, we got to look through the lens of, of, of Jesus and we can see whether it's red or blue. We ought to be looking to purple, which is our Jesus and our Christ, who is our king, and he reigns and he rules. See, he says here that in, in him there is no darkness at all because he is light. Darkness equates to sin and, and there's no sin in God. Know that. <laughs> there's no sin in him whatsoever. So here's what you got to understand. You got to see this clearly. You got you to understand this. Is that you're going to have, if you're going to have a proof of confession, then you got to have some confirming proof and the confirming proof is that God is light, but then also you need to have some confessing proof. Here's why you need some confessing proof. That's my next point is confessing proof. You need some confessing proof because we be lying. Uh oh. <laughs> we be lying. Ooh, why are you lying? Why are you always lying? We be lying. Listen, we lie to others. That's the first way we lie. Here's what he says here. Verse six. My eyes is all weird now. Them glasses. Okay, here we go. He says If we say we have fellowship with him. And yet we walk in darkness. Guess what we're doing? We're lying and we're not practicing the truth. Remember, I told you last week that that John is speaking to a specific group of people right here. They're known as the Gnostics. And so the Gnostics had this view of of, of the spiritual realm, as if the spirit as, as if the spiritual realm was so was different in that they viewed Jesus as not being an actual person. Sometimes some of them believed that he wasn't actual person, but but it was just a spirit that descended onto a man whose name was Jesus. And when he went to the cross, that spirit left him, and that man Jesus died, but G, the spirit didn't actually die. And so they have a weird view, but it also in part of their view was that they believe because of their view of the spiritual realm was that they had higher fellowship with God. You know, people like that. They say, well, you know, I just don't go to church because, you know, I'm saying like I got a deeper relationship with Jesus. You know, it ain't about religion for me. It's about relationship. And, you know, I read my Bible and I pray, you know, I do that kind of stuff. And so they pretend as if they have this higher relationship with Jesus. But in actuality, their lives don't line up with that. He says, he says, if we say we have fellowship with him, but yet we walk in darkness, John's calling them out. He's saying, listen, y'all might be proclaiming to walk in the light, but y'all lives are in shambles. See, the Gnostics thought it didn't matter what you do because everything is just in the spiritual realm. So it didn't really matter how you live because everything is spiritual. And so when we have to realize is that John is calling us to understanding that we just can't live how we want to live. We have to walk in the light. Verse seven, he says, if you walk in a light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. See, this idea of walking is the idea of regulating your life. And see, you have to be able to regulate your life. And the only way that you can properly regulate your life is through these regulations that are in this book right here. And so if you want to live a life according to God's standard, guess what? You got to know his word. You got to know what his word says. But he says, listen, y'all walking in darkness and you are lying. You're not even practicing the truth and you're not walking according to the one another. He said, you're, you're, you, don't, you don't have fellowship with one another because you're not walking in the light. But John tells us later on, he says, if, 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 if anyone says, I love God, and yet they hate their brother and their sister, guess what? They are a liar. How can you love a person that you haven't seen when you don't even love the person that you see every day? And this is critical for us to understand is that our relationships... And the nature of our relationships authenticate our faith in Jesus. See, your relationships, they prove it. Somebody say prove it. Your relationships prove it. So if you are, if you, keep, wait, listen, we got to stop lying here. Listen to what we got to do. You say you love Jesus, but you're mean. You say that you love Jesus, but you don't know how to talk to people. You say you love Jesus, but the moment somebody does something that you don't like, you run to cuss them out. You don't wait. You go, for I'm going to find them. I heard what you were saying about me behind my back, and I just wanted to address you to your face. And sometimes you do it via email. As per our conversation, (laughs) as stated in my last email, (laughs) that's what we do Connie said screenshot (laughs) sending people messages but our relationships show proof of of, of our faith in Jesus so we lie to others and then guess what we do even more damaging we lie to ourselves verse 8 he says if we say we have no sin what are we doing? Deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. See, sin is anytime you wander from the path of rightness. It's anytime you miss the mark. And so we all have sin. And so he says here, if we say, verse eight, if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. The reality is, is that most of us think that we're good in doing what we want to do because we don't properly see how God sees sin. See, confess means to say the same thing about a thing that God says. The, the, the word, there's a compound word that means together uh, and, and words. So he was saying that you say the same thing that God says when you confess. And so when we don't acknowledge our sin and when we don't properly confess our sin, guess what we do? We deceive ourselves. When we first got cell phones. Some of y'all don't remember this. Cause y'all have always had a cell phone. You're like, Pastor Derek, what you mean? Cell phone's always been around. But back in the day we used to have a what's called a pager. Had a beeper. And that joint was was big and it was on the side of your 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 pants like that and you thought you had it going on because you get a little page and you go, Yeah, I gotta make a phone call real quick. Somebody just paged me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> me and my brother first got our pager, we thought we was it. So we had it going on, boy. We was like, yeah, just pay me, bro. Just pay me. <laughs> but listen, when we first got cell phones, you had to be careful about how far you traveled outside of your area code. And the reason you had to be careful was because there was this thing called a roaming charge. If you step too far outside of the parameters of your area code or of your service ability, guess what? You would get slapped with a roaming charge. And so at at times you see the the problem was is that you could go and travel and you could still make a phone call. But what happened was when you got back to your house, you got hit with a bill and you was looking at the bill like what happened? The bill was so high because you had some roaming charges on it. And what we do is when we step outside of the parameters of God, we accrue roaming charges in our lives. And so we think that we're good and we think that we could just do what we want to do. But the reality is, is that there's a bill that's coming due that's going to have to be paid. And those roaming charges are going to have to be paid for. You can't just roam outside of the parameters of God and do what you want to do. You deceive yourself. Says you think you have no sin, you're deceiving yourself. But we gotta understand that something, some, it's gonna cost us something. But here's the good news of the gospel ready for the good news of the gospel is that Jesus says don't worry about those roaming charges if you're in me I've already paid it in full Jesus has already taken the penalty he's taken all the charges that we accrued in our life he's taken every ounce of it and he paid it upon his body on the cross when he was whipped and beaten and bruised and had the beard ripped out from his face he took it upon himself and he paid our charges and at the cross he says it is finished It is paid in full. so he says, if we say that we got all this going on, if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess, this is so good. He says, if we confess our sins, watch this, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, we got to stop downplaying our sins. Don't worry about them kids. They're good. They just need some help up there. What we do is we downplay our sin. Even more so. We're good at pointing out the sins of others. Like We can point out other people's sins. But when it comes to our sin, we like this. <laughs> we, we blind, deaf, dumb. We <laughs> can't hear nothing, can't see nothing. Listen, and oftentimes we're afraid to confess our sins because we fear judgment. We can be honest. We fear like God will judge us, and we feel like people are going to judge us. But here's the reality. God already knows your sin. (laughs) Like he already knows the stuff you done did. He saw when you responded to that DM that you weren't supposed to be responding to. He saw when you swipe the direction you were supposed to I don't know what direction you swipe on Tinder. I don't know. He said, but he knows that when you swipe the direction to try to set up a date and all that kind of stuff. He knows that kind of stuff when you're supposed to do it. He sees it. It's Christian mingle. It's okay. It's okay. Walk with Jesus. <laughs> listen, Tinder's cool too if you use it for the right reasons. But listen, what we do is 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 we act as if God doesn't already know when He does but he is just waiting for us to confess so that we can experience his faithfulness and his righteousness. See, God is not, (laughs) he's not some cosmic dictator standing up there waiting to punch you out because you sinned. He's a loving father who's standing there waiting to receive you and all he wants you to do is confess and say the same thing that he says about your sin and say, yeah, Jesus, my pride has been out of control lately and I've just been trying to do what I wanted to do. Yes, Jesus, my anger has been out of control and I've just been going off on people for no reason because I'm upset about not having the things that I think I should have in this moment. All he wants you to do is confess and he receives you with open arms. And he says that he's faithful and he's righteous to forgive us. The faithfulness of God means that he is one that can be relied on. He can be trusted. The righteousness of God is that he he renders to each one of us their due. And the good news is that Jesus has already taken care of those dues for us. He says he'll forgive you of your sins. Forgiveness has already been secured by Jesus. And I love this word for forgiveness. It's a word that means to send away. Jesus casts our sins as far from the east as from the west. He casts them away and he says, I will remember them no more. And I'm closing it to here. You. you can come on up. Here's the last way that we lie. First, we lie to others. And then we lie to ourselves. The last way we lie is that we lie to God. Verse 10, take me up deep. He says that if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. That's a scary proposition, y'all, that we make God a liar. But when I read my Bible in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, it says that God is not a man. That he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he should repent. And it goes on to say, does he speak and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And that's a rhetorical question because the answer is no. When God speaks, he acts in your life. And some of us are at a transitionary point in our lives because we need to realize that the promises that God has spoken over our lives, guess what he will do? He will fulfill them. You've been caught up thinking that somehow God's forgotten about you. You've got caught up thinking that somehow God overlooked you in some kind of way. But he says, I know the number of every hair on your head. I care for you. Each and every one of you. And he's an infinite and holy God. And guess what that means? Is that he doesn't run out of time or ability to be able to care for each and every one of his children. We are all his. We all belong to him. And he's not a man that he should lie. Nor is he the son of man that he should repent. When he speaks, he acts. When he promises, he will fulfill. And Hebrews tells us that there are two unchangeable things in this world. The first one is that it is impossible for God to lie. You can take that to the bank and cash it. It's impossible for God to lie. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You might be in a situation right now where you feel like God has turned his back on you. And I guarantee you that he has not turned his back on you. In fact, he's right there beside you, waiting for the light to be revealed to you so that you can see him more clearly and have a proven confession of who he is. I love this part as I close out. Chapter 2, verse 1 through 2, he says, I'm writing this to you, little children, so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, you have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He himself is the propitiation or the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only ours, but also for those of the whole world. You've got an advocate with Jesus. Maybe you're in here in this room today and you don't know about this Jesus that I'm talking about. But I want to let you know that he is the greatest advocate that you could ever ask for. They used to say that he's a lawyer in the courtroom. And that's all this means here, that Jesus is the greatest advocate. He's the greatest lawyer that you could ever have because he's standing by your side, pleading your case before the Father and saying, I know that they got angry, but guess what? My blood covered it all. I know that they stepped out last night to a place that they had no business going to, but guess what? My blood has already covered it. I know that they got mad and angry and they cussed people out, but guess what? My blood is sufficient for it already. It's already been covered. And if you want your sins covered for Place your faith and trust in Jesus today. He'll free you from your sins. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you. Lord, I pray, God, for anyone under the sound of my voice this morning who doesn't know you fully, God. I pray that they would respond to the gospel today. God, I pray, God, we we, want to pray for you right now, if that's you. So we just ask, we're asking you, if, if you're in the room today and you want to take a step of faith with Jesus, we want to ask you to slip up your hand and we will pray for you this morning. If that's you in the room today, we want to pray for you. And, and, and not only that, but, but we want to walk with you about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. We want to walk with you throughout this process so that you understand fully what it means to have faith in Jesus. Is there one who's saying, I, I I don't have all the answers. I don't even really know which way to turn. But I, I keep hearing about this Jesus. And it seems like he has a better investment. And that it gets a better return in my life if I place my trust in him. Jesus is able to transform the brokenness of your life and give you joy. He's able to remove the heartache and the pain and give you his peace. All you got to do is put your faith in him. And so if that's you today, we ask you to slip up your hand. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. God, thank you. God, thank you for that this morning. God, your grace is everything that we need. We need is you. God, all we need is you. Nothing else can satisfy us, God. No one else can save us. Only you. We can't even save ourselves. God, only you can save us. And so, Father, we pray that you be glorified in us. Have your way today, Jesus. Receive glory. we say thank you this morning. We say thank you. We lift you up. Glory and honor belong to you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.